You are listening to another youth ministry podcast. The following conversation will equip and encourage you in your ministry to today's youth. In various episodes, they explore biblical truths, practical tips, their ministry experiences, and learn from insight of guests. Together, our hosts, Chris, Tim, and Jared, have over 30 years of combined youth ministry experience. All three are currently pastoring students and or parents in Eastern Pennsylvania. Another Youth Ministry Podcast is a ministry of the Bible Fellowship Church Board of Youth and Young Adults. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time you listen to us, the three of us are so glad that you do. Aren't you guys? We're so happy. I'm woo-hoo. so glad, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> this so, the woo-hoo, Jared. There so, you go. So glad Tim's here with us. Yeah, me too, because now he can start actually carrying his weight on this podcast. That's right. Uh, but you, you did have a good first show or first two shows actually that's right technically um, it was his third show i mean he and i had a show without you when we introduced him. that's true you, well, that's, about you that know episode. if you walk if you watch my life my whole life's a show so i've had many shows in my life yeah, so many shows oh, but we're like talking the, about podcasting sorry yeah, okay, yeah. so are you like the truman show no, absolutely no 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 <laughs> that's creepy that is that, that is, is a great movie actually it's, but, it's on uh, it's, it's like a hidden gem kind yeah. of thing. It's it on, is. I think it's on Netflix. Good old Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. He's such a good actor. He was a good actor. I don't know. Some of his newer stuff. He was in, wasn't he in Sonic? Uh, maybe. I haven't seen it. I haven't yes, seen it either, he's the, but uh, he's the bad guy. Yes, he is. Sonic is. Yeah. Any characters. It is. It is. But he is funny. Yeah. And speaking of funny. <laughs> speaking, speaking of funny. <laughs> we need a yeah. natural um, segue <laughs> right here. That's right. I think, I think it should say insert segue <laughs> insert here. segue. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so funny. I have a funny story for you guys. I'm just laughing about it right now. Um, so my, uh, I think the two of you met my brother Josh, who interned with me this summer. Yeah, right? we had him on the podcast. Point. That's right, we did. Man, I my memory's horrible today. Sorry, I'm still trapped. Um, <laughs> so anyway, my brother Josh, I think he was. Um, let's see, I was. I was dating someone else at the time because I was in high school, so sixty. So he was probably seven. All right, seven, eight years old. We were at um, a restaurant that my cousins worked at. My one cousin was a cook, and my other cousin was a hostess. And it was one of these places where you go up to the bar and get like all your ingredients, and then you bring it to the uh, guys that cook it on the grill for you, um, and it's all you can eat. But everything was raw. Well, we all go up to the to the bar. And um, get our stuff. We're all waiting in line. And we're like, oh, where's Josh? You know, my family. Like, where's Josh mm-hmm. at? Well, I see him back at the table by himself eating. So I run over there. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm eating. I was like, Josh, the beef, the, ch- it's all, the chicken, it's all raw. He didn't understand <laughs> the concept that you had to take it to get cooked. And he's like, he goes, yeah, I thought it tasted funny. <laughs> so That's awesome. We're going to make a point based on that story in just a minute. But before we do, practical tip of the day brought to you by Timothy Hogan. So the practical tip is good networks. You need good networks to filter your curriculum or your books. Um, so ex- especially in ministry or whatever you're doing, that you're if you're trying to find information and content that is going to be helpful for um, your ministry, what you're learning, what you're doing, you need to make sure you know it aligns up doctrinally in those things. Um, that's been very important for myself. Even when you're researching online, you need to know uh, the sources that you're using. But for books and curriculum... Um, 
Um, I have found a good one to be Tim Challies. Um, I also know many times the Gospel Coalition can be a great help, mm. source help as well. And Chris, you had mentioned your wife has uh, uses one as well. Yeah, so she serves on our church's uh, women's ministry board, and they, you know, uh, sometimes you know have a video series that they might do, or a book, or a, a book study. And uh, what she has done instead of, you know, because it ends up being bad, you waste time watching these videos, mm-hmm. but somebody out there, because the internet has, so she actually belongs yep. to a group called Theology Theology Gals, and she actually, hey, has anyone ever heard of this book or this author or this person? Um, and th- immediately, like within minutes, there's all these comments, yep, I've read it, yep, my, my pastors have reviewed it, it's bad, and here's why, or no, that's great, and here's why. And it just saves a lot of time, and she trusts this group because of who they are. Yeah. I was going to just mention, too, good, you see, we write good networks. Um, one of the best networks I had was when I was in Reading, and Randy, Pastor Randy Grossman, uh, I think he may have read every book on the planet. I'm not <laughs> I sure. I wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but. but he knew what was good to read and mm. had constantly had recommendations yeah. if I was looking for a book. I just went to him. I didn't need the internet. I had Randy. I've said yeah. that many times. I didn't need the internet. I had Randy. Now, there you go. Don't be lazy. Right. But don't, <laughs> don't you know, be, be a good steward of your time, too. Yeah. And so... Yeah, because you don't want to spend hours reading something and yourself and then right. have to give a, re- a review on it, so... Exactly. So that's, that's your practical tip for today. Uh, we're going to jump into the content of today's episode, which today we are talking about how theology impacts your ministry to youth or your youth ministry. And what we're going to do is we're going to start with this basic principle and kind of move down the line to make our point and introduce to you a new, I don't know if we call this a series, ongoing, ongoing stuff, stuff, thing. Yeah. Yeah, We don't know what to call it yet. Yeah. Series. You'll see. Well, episodes. Episodes. There you go. Ongoing. Ongoing episodes that have the same theme. Sounds good. Uh, We're a, very a, a good podcasters. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're Keep so, going. So anyway, so that story about the my brother eating the uh, raw meat, actually. Now, had he known it was raw, it would have <laughs> led to hopefully different actions. So Tim, tell it. Give us a, give us this illustration about what we see in normal life. Is that belief about anything always leads to an action? Yeah. So we're. I, I was thinking that you know. Eating, if you believe that eating raw chicken can possibly lead, lead or give you salmonella, what are you going to do? You, you, we all know you cook chicken and what's not supposed to be in the middle, any pink, pink. at all. It's not like steak. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's the one meat that, you know, like it's, you need to make sure it's cooked through yeah. and through. So you believe that it's, it could possibly give you salmonella. So we cook it through. That's, that's actually any, any poultry. That's true. But another, yeah. Know. I mean, another one is if I've never been on a rope bridge that I can remember, but <laughs> if you trust that the rope bridge will hold you up, you will go across it. And if you don't, if you don't, you will stay firmly on the ground. Qu- quick story. Um, this is a little feed into my life, but we had my dad built rope bridges all through our yard. There was one that was six, five feet off the ground, one that was 12 feet off the ground. Oh my gosh. Well, when I was a kid, they were great. They were strong. Mm. I, I fell off of one on an accident. Yeah. Okay. The first time I wasn't injured. And this, you can learn a little bit about me. This may not give me good credit, but <laughs> so I, I fell off and I wasn't hurt and I was amazed. So I went back up and told my sister to watch and I purposely let myself go fall 12 feet and hit the ground. But the second time I, the second time was worse than the first and I broke my arm. <laughs> 
There you go. Do it, so your do sister it learned not to do that, you know, based on something she saw. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that. So what a what a dope. <laughs> and the, and the, the last like one I we said it wasn't any help to me. Keep going. Right. So anyway, the last illustration that we kind of came up with, you know, is like if you if somebody comes and tells you your house is on fire and they're a liar and you don't believe it, you're you're gonna stay seated and keep doing what you're doing. But if you see the smoke, you believe your house is on fire, you're going to hopefully get out. Like that belief in that reality is going to lead to an action. Um, When I was in camp counseling, um, one of the things that they trained us with is a belief not practice is not a belief at all. Mm. Um, Belief always leads to action in life with simple mundane things. So as we continue to talk that, you know, your belief will lead you to action, we see this as well in all of Scripture. Um, And so we wanted to kind of give you a little brief uh, example of that as we look at the Bible in its entirety, and we can start in the Old Testament. We can start in the Old Testament, the beginning um, of the Scriptures. Um, We see that the narrative starting in Exodus 4, 10 uh, 10 through 12, I'm going to pass this to Chris. Well... Moses is been commanded by God to go to Egypt and speak to Pharaoh. And Moses, I don't really want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And God is, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you um, uh, a staff. You're going to be able to do wonders. And then finally, after he said, I don't want to go, God just was like, who made man's mouth? Hmm. Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? I do the Lord. Now go. God was saying, I've made your mouth, Moses. I've given you the ability to speak. I'm telling you to go. Therefore, based if you believe that, you will go. Yeah. We also see this in the Ten Commandments. Uh, In Exodus 20, it's almost like a preamble. Uh, Mm -hmm. God starts out as, I'm the Lord your God who delivers you out of Egypt. And then, therefore, in a sense, now you shall have no other gods before you shall and list the Ten Commandments to the people. But it starts with, I am the Lord your God, because this is true. If you believe this, you will do these things. Yeah, and we see this continue in the New Testament, where, you know, just briefly, the Gospels, John the Baptist shows up, Jesus shows up and says, Israel, the kingdom of heaven is is at hand, it's here, repent. Yeah. This is happening. If you believe this, you will repent. And Jesus did a lot to cause people to believe it. And then once they believe it, what do they need to do? Repent. Repent. And they need to, yeah, believe him, repent. Um, Exactly. So what we're trying to lay out for you is that doctrine, theology, facts about God, man, sin, the church, the end times, all those types of facts. And I believe it spreads, you know, doctrine is truth about anything, sexuality, humanity. Right. All these things inform how we should live, but also brothers and sisters who are in ministry, how we minister to young people. Mm. Um, We see this also, one of the biggest examples in the New Testament um, as far as Christian ethics, you see this in Romans and Ephesians. Ephesians is, a, to me, the most clear example. Um, you see three chapters of doctrine, theology. I have saved you. I have blessed you. I have called you. I have the dividing wall of hostilities gone. Chapter four, therefore, live this way. And the rest of the book is all about how we should live. Um, so uh, doctrine and theology in the Bible always leads to action. And as I stated just a moment ago, we should also see this in ministry, that theology leads to ministry. And there's several texts that we could look at. Um, For the sake of time, we're just going to look at the one um, and and actually read it to you. And that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We are a youth ministry podcast, so we will read the Bible. But I'm going to ask one of my esteemed brothers to actually read verses 1 through 6 for us. 
Yeah, this is 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6. It says, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. And he continues in this chapter and in prior to this chapter talking about how he and his fellow apostles have done ministry. And he says, we don't, we, 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 we don't do disgraceful things. We don't, we're not underhanded. We're not trying to bait and switch people. We don't right. tamper with the word of God to mm. make it sound more palatable. We don't, we don't ease these things. And we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Now, why, why is this? He continues on. If the gospel is veiled, if I'm preaching to somebody and they don't get it, teenagers, how often mm. do they not get it? Now, could you be a bad preacher? Yeah. But all the, there's this very key component. He says, it is veiled to those who are perishing. And what's that? What's happening? The God of this world, lowercase g, Satan, has blinded their minds and their hearts so that they won't see. Right. So Paul's like, I, if I tamper with the word of God, they're still not going to see. Yeah. If I do underhanded ways and bait and switch them, they're still not going to see. But then he tells us in verse 6 how it actually happens. God who commanded let light shine out of darkness actually does the same thing. He commands the gospel to shine in people's hearts. And so that's why he preaches the word. So this, if you believe that, brothers and sisters, those truths, you will it will impact how you minister to anybody. And in our case, we're talking about... Um, teenagers. And just really quick, you can see this in 2 Corinthians 3, and uh, 1 through chapter 4, verse 5, when Paul talks to Timothy about preaching the word and that that's how you're to deal with it. So this is something that has been forgotten, unfortunately, um, that, uh, you know, that doctrine leads to ministry because <laughs> doctrinal statements that don't inform our ministry are just as valuable as a marriage license to an adulterous man. I mean, <laughs> that seems kind of pointless. Yeah. I, and I got that illustration from another uh, podcaster. But um, yeah, so if, if you believe in certain doctrines, it will impact how you do youth ministry. Yeah. For instance, if you believe in the doctrine of total depravity, as we affirm to man's natural state, it will impact the way you seek to minister to people, to teenagers especially. Uh, <laughs> Who are, I feel like, sometimes more depraved. More depraved, yeah. <laughs> uh, more distracted in their depravity, for sure. Uh, but, you know, you're not going to see them as, oh, these are good people, good kids. Even if they've grown up in church, yep. they're still wrestling with total depravity oh. and sin. Even I think that dictates how I view them, because I view, especially if they grow up in church, you think, oh, they're good kids. They they know the right things, but that's because they know the right things. They do the right mm. things, well, and they can mask that. Mm. And they've re- gotten really good at living one way at school and another way at church or at home or whatever. Yeah, and we can be very deceived by you know success in ministry and judge success by exterior things, yeah. right? And I think just jumping back to what we just read from Second uh, Corinthians, like we need. Even for us, we need to have that belief that it's the Lord, like 
it's the Lord that, you know, unveils the heart. Like we have to remember that. But then even the other side of that, we also have to remember there is a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been mm-hmm. forgotten in yeah. churches. But again, our belief, it, it then drives what we do. So yeah. like, I just think it was important to mention mention that because that's always a great reminder to me. Like you said, you, oh, you're preaching to this kid. You're telling this kid, you're, you're poor. And you're like, man, I've done everything possible. All the strategies, why isn't mm. he coming to believe in Jesus? Yeah. You need to know your theology, your beliefs. So, yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, and so theology leads to how we do youth ministry. Like yeah. We talked yeah. about the importance of teaching theology, teaching doctrine to our students before, but now we're going to talk about and and kind of an ongoing uh, seg- segments and episodes uh, ministering out of our theology, ministering out of that theology to the students on an ongoing basis. Uh, so we'll talk about several doctrines. We'll talk about now, and we'll kind of pick and choose as we go along, nothing set in stone, but we'll talk about how those specific doctrines inform our student ministry, and so be looking for that. But before we do, before we kind of move into into that or move beyond, we wanted to share how uh, these doctrines have impacted how we've ministered to students. Yeah, I think, yeah, we should illustrate... um, for our, our guests today, we want to illustrate for you like what this looks like in practice. Because like Jared said, we are going to talk about in future episodes um, how this specific doctrine should impact how you minister to youth. So in my in my case, um, I'll, I'll go first uh, since I'm talking. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, I, as, as far as practice, I preach the word like you guys do. And you guys would probably, we all agree with these examples we have. It's just mm-hmm. one guy's reading off one or the other. I preach the word and I actually call students to repentance and faith and I exposit the text verse by verse for 35, sometimes 40 minutes with students. And when I first came and did that, some people thought I was crazy. What are you doing? And the kids didn't like it. And after about six months, the spirit started to move and we started seeing an enormous amount of kids come to know Christ and get saved. And that wasn't because of what I did. It's because my leaders and I put the Word of God at the center of our ministry, and we started seeing, we mm-hmm. believe, genuine spiritual fruit. We, we, we didn't start baiting and switching kids and entertaining kids. We wanted to train kids. That's right. And mine kind of flows right off of that. You're just saying that we didn't want to entertain and things like that. But when I grew up originally, I just thought youth ministry should just be about the culture, just like the fun environment and just the best events ever, all-nighters and all these things, and that your goal was almost to entertain the students at the church. Um, I so remember, that their parents could do church. <clears throat> right, mm. right, exactly. And that's not, no, that's wrong. Um, but I, I started interning under uh, Mark Evans uh, that used to be a youth pastor over at Calvary, where I am now. Um, and I just remember he really impacted me as I started learning my theology of ecclesi- ecclesiology of the church, you know, the doctrine of the church, that the youth are in the body. They are the body of Christ. And so I, for me, it was don't create an environment that isn't, that's so different than the church that you create a problem that when the kids leave your youth ministry, they go out and for, they can't seem to find a church that yeah. was like their youth group. Yeah. So once again, we know <clears throat> kids don't come that strong. We know the percentages of kids leaving youth ministry, not going to church. Let's not be a part of that problem. Let's make sure our youth ministries are very similar to what our mm. church is doing. Yeah. Like Chris has said, the content, stuff like that. So again, my ecclesiology, the doctrine of the church impacted how I put my youth ministry together. Yeah. Yeah. And my example flows right off of that as well. Uh, talking about thinking about how parents are the key discipler. Uh, a lot of times we think, oh, we pass off the kids to the youth pastor or the youth ministry, just like we pass kids off to school teachers and 
things like that. But the parents are the primary educators, right. primary disciple makers. And so how do you communicate that to the parents? And so what I try to do is in my email communications and anything I do is talking about, hey, I'm glad, I'm thankful to be partnering with you in discipling yeah. your teens and not yeah. saying, oh, I'm discipling your teens and hopefully we'll make them better. Because I think, uh, and that dictates even how we teach, how we interact, and how we resource parents right. to be that discipler. Absolutely. And that's actually part of why I just... I just this, this is... We're trying to communicate to you, uh, to our, you guys as, as you listen, what we're trying to say is that the theology... Re- reaches to the most practical things that we do. Um, one of the things on our webpage that I'm working on is a resource page for parents so that they are seeking themselves. You know, I'm helping, but they're buying these books and these things to help disciple their own kids. Like mm-hmm. that's because we believe in the doctrine of the family. Yeah. So we want to encourage you guys how to know theology, what scripture teaches about uh, things, but then how those realities, how that doctrine shapes your ministry. Um, around what what is true. And so uh, be looking out for some future episodes that we're going to tackle some very specific doctrines uh, along the way um, and how those impact and how those should um, inform how we do youth ministry. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Tim, for being here. <laughs> You're welcome. Sorry I didn't bring any bagels. Yeah. I, I wasn't even going well, to bring that well, up. I wasn't even going to bring it up, but it, it, I think it's because your conscience bothers you. But anyway, maybe next time Tim will bring bagels. Maybe you should go right now. Go eat a bagel. Go eat a bagel. Great. Thank you for listening to another youth ministry podcast. We trust God has equipped and encouraged you in your ministry to today's youth through this conversation. We'd love to hear from you. If you have comments, questions, or general suggestions, connect with us on social media. We're on Instagram at anotheryMpodcast or you can email us at anotheryMpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for taking the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share this podcast with a friend or family member.